Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, the youngest member of the Chicago City Council and now one of six Democratic Socialists. How are you doing, Fran? How, do you, how are you? I'm doing great. How do you get to be a Democratic Socialist? What is there a test that you have to take for that? <laughs> you know, I was born and raised in the city of Chicago, went to Chicago public schools, um, and I saw the impact that government spending to uplift people out of poverty had on my community, on my family. And so Democratic Socialists, we really embody the true values of the Democratic Party if we think of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, if we think of the great society uh, brought forward by LBJ. We're the folks that want to see government uplifting people out of poverty, making sure that we have opportunity for all, a fair playing field. So what is the agenda for the socialists locally in the city council? Well, as we've seen, the city council as a whole has moved to the left. And so I think the democratic socialists will be putting forward a policy platform that is to the left of the progressive caucus. All of us will be members of the Progressive Caucus. Uh, We just had our first meeting of the Progressive Caucus. But we also want to make sure that we are doing things like democratizing ComEd. So uh, the contract with Commonwealth Edison is coming up. The city has a tremendous ability to use that contract negotiation to get more from ComEd for the public. And so we want to use that negotiation around the contract to make sure that Chicagoans are getting a fair deal, uh, that we're seeing more hiring from our communities, that we really see more public community control over Commonwealth Edison. Are you talking about no shutoffs for electrical, uh, for failure to pay electric bills? That would be part of it. No shutoffs, also cheaper bills, also more investment. You know, Comet is making hundreds of millions of dollars off of Chicagoans. And so if we use our contract and this negotiation that the city is going to be engaging in to get a better deal for Chicagoans, I think we're going to see more Chicagoans put to work with ComEd, I think we're going to see lower rates for Chicagoans, and we're also going to see more investment in communities. In my community, I just had 3,000 people lose electricity yesterday uh, for a number of hours. And so it's very clear that we do need investment across the grid, um, across the board in the city of Chicago, and democratizing ComEd, municipalizing ComEd, bringing more local city control over ComEd is a way to accomplish that. But if you stop shutoffs, What's to prevent people from saying, well, that's a bill I don't have to pay? Well, I think the biggest driver behind shutoffs is the inability to pay a bill. And so if we lower the bill to begin with, 
that's how we're going to be able to make sure that ultimately it doesn't lead to a shutoff situation. But there's also lots of different mitigating factors. You know, when you speak to Chicagoans in the neighborhoods, they say, I'm not able to pay my bill because my family member died or, you know, my hospital bills went up or I'm suffering from cancer. Um, There's so many different reasons that lead to people having shutoffs. And so really we need a more humane, empathetic system that looks at those reasons. I applaud Mayor Lori Lightfoot when it comes to our water, uh, announcing that she would stop the shutoffs um, in the city of Chicago. And has she stopped them already? You know, that's an interesting question. (laughs) (laughs) We need to see the policy move forward. Obviously, the mayor has put forward a aggressive 100-day agenda, um, and I hope that we'll accomplish the no water shutoffs pledge. As far Uh, as you know, has she stopped it yet? As far as I know, no, I don't. Okay. But again, if you don't have that ultimate lever, then what is to prevent someone from just thumbing their nose at a water bill just like they used to do, like they used to do with parking tickets? Right. Well, now we're talking about the water utility, right, which is fully owned and operated by the city of Chicago. And again, what we have found is that water shutoffs disproportionately impact black communities, communities like Englewood, communities on the west side. Um, And they create horrific situations where you have senior citizens, you know, going to their neighbor's house to get buckets of water just to be able to bathe, just to be able to do basic things like clean their home, clean their bodies, provide themselves with sustenance. So, you know, I think it's really a fundamental question of human rights. Um, And ultimately, we need to lower water utility bills. Well, but Rahm Emanuel doubled them because he rebuilt the whole water infrastructure, which needed to be rebuilt, by the way. Well, so one, you want to make sure that you're putting money into the Water Enterprise Fund to be able to do things like rebuild our water system. But we also have to recognize that Mayor Rahm Emanuel was also a big fan of regressive taxation um, and asking the little guy to give more and more and more. And we've seen an increase in water shutoffs as a result of the hikes we saw under Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Okay, so that's one agenda item, the democratization of ComEd franchise. What else? Don't you owe it to the public to come out with some solutions that you feel are appropriate for the pension crisis and for the budget crisis? You know, the public um, needs to know that there are options on the table that the city of Chicago can pursue, that other cities have pursued, that have brought in hundreds of millions, if not a billion more, in revenue for those cities. So one of the things that I've been tossing around with my colleagues is a commercial lease tax. Actually, Mayor Harold Washington brought forward this idea during his tenure, and it's been in place in New York for decades now. And what we would say is businesses in the Central Business District uh, that have leases, so this could be a corporate law firm, this could be a Fortune 500 company, they're leasing business down, they're leasing a space downtown. If their lease is in excess of 400000 500000 a million dollars per year, they would pay a certain tax on that lease. So one, two, three, four percent. And that could potentially bring in 200, 300, 400 million dollars or more to the city of Chicago, depending on how we structure that. So I think that's one way to make sure that we're recapturing some of that wealth that we saw we lost as a result of our unfair property tax system. So we all know the story of what happened the last several decades and years where downtown properties paid less than they should have in property taxes. So that's one way that we can actually recapture some of that revenue that was lost as a result of that unfair system is a commercial lease tax. So you're talking about a commercial lease tax, meaning on the real estate leases, not on the lease of equipment? Precisely, yes. Yeah, just so on commercial, commercial space, real estate downtown. leases. And as I recall, if I remember this correctly, and I'm not totally sure, but I recall that being thrown out under Harold Washington. Well, so my understanding of what I've read is that what ended up happening was at the time there were a number of vacancies in the central business district. And so in lieu of a commercial lease tax, 
the mayor held Washington compromise and got a corporate head tax, which we now know was done away with under Mayor Rahm Emanuel. So the other option is to also bring back the corporate head tax and structure it in such a way, as I've proposed alongside other aldermen, that will, one, create an incentive to hire people from high crime and low income areas on the west side and the south side. Uh, you would exempt any employee that's hired from those community areas from having uh, to be applied towards the corporate head tax. Um, if we structured a corporate head tax that targeted big employers like big box stores, Walmart, Target, big employers downtown, we would potentially see $100 million more in revenue coming into the city of Chicago's coffers. So those are your ideas, the commercial lease tax commercial. or a return to the head tax, which was absolutely despised. It was such a thorn in the business community's well, the, side. The business community despises all types of taxes. And no, that's no, no, they... but that one really <laughs> stuck in their crawl well, because think... it, was a ta- it, was a, it was a tax on employment. The more people you have, well, primarily the more you Primarily if you pay. look at the main complaint that they were making at that time when Mayor Rahm Emanuel did away with it and gave them a massive tax cut. Their main complaint was the amount of paperwork that required, and that's because it was assessed on a monthly basis. If you switch to a quarterly basis um, and require the businesses to uh, you know, pay that tax on a quarterly basis, then it's more in line with their financial practices. But I'll also add that ultimately someone in the city of Chicago has to pay. There's no denying that, Fran. Someone in the city of Chicago has to pay to maintain our roads, to maintain our public services, while at the same time servicing our debt. And I think that working class Chicagoans have paid entirely too much. We've seen the number of properties go up to uh, auction uh, at the county increase because people cannot afford their property taxes and they fall behind and they then lose their property at the property tax auction. We've seen the number of people that are now seeking to sell and leave the city of Chicago increase as well. So the reality is, is that it's time to ask big corporations to pay their fair share. And there's sensible things that we can enact unilaterally as a city. We don't need to go down to Springfield. We can do it right here, right now. That's a commercial lease tax. It's a corporate head tax. But the last big revenue idea is one where there's just money sitting there, and that's our TIF districts. With the increase in property taxes, with the reassessment, it's expected that our TIF funds this year could grow by as much as a third. We saw them take in close to $700 million last year. So we're looking at a big increase, hundreds of millions of dollars coming into our TIF system. That's money that no one budgeted for, no one accounted for. That's money that we can now apply towards servicing our debt and will go a long way towards minimizing the amount of money that people would have to pay via property taxes. By disbanding the TIFs, is that what you're saying? So there's several ways we could do it. We could surplus the TIF, right? So if the money hasn't been allocated, then it's simply a matter of the city saying, this money has not been allocated. Um, Therefore, then, per state law, it has to leave the TIF and return back to the original taxing bodies. And in order to avoid doing that, we've seen past administrations create phantom projects. So they'll say, oh, we expect that one day in this TIF, we're going to build a library and we expect that that'll cost $8 million. That's right. Or or what have you. We're going to fix the streets. Um, And so they'll put that phantom project that really has no work behind it, has no contract requiring us to pay that. They'll put that on as a line item and therefore then be able to keep that money in the TIF. Um, So what we're proposing, um, and when I say we, I mean the Chicago Teachers Union, I mean grassroots community organizations that have been working on this issue, um, as well as uh, my socialist colleagues and progressive colleagues in the caucus. What we have been calling for is a audit of our TIFs to go line by line and say, okay, which projects are we contractually obligated to pay for, right? We can't get out of that. What projects are we not contractually obligated to pay for um, because they don't exist? It's just some- Or they're in the early planning stages. That's right. And therefore then what projects do we want to cancel? 
and surplus that money, send it back to the original taxing bodies. That'll help our Chicago public schools. They will see uh, you know, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, depending how aggressively we go about this. And it will also help the city of Chicago deal with our budget issues in a big way. You must admit there is going to be yet another property tax increase. There has to be. Well, the question is, you know, and, and I think you know, the mayor hasn't been quite as forthcoming with the council yet. Um, and I think she's still doing some of her math and some of her homework. But the question is, are we facing a $700 million you know, budget deficit? Are we facing a $1.5 billion uh, you know, payment that we have to make in the near future? And uh, that is really going to determine how much you know, Chicagoans are going to have to pay, um, but also the level to which we pursue things like a commercial lease tax, TIF surplus, a corporate head tax. Um, that's really going to then determine what a property tax increase would look like, if any. So you're proposing a solution that has all four elements. Potentially, That's yes. A, I mean, if you share the burden that way, then it won't be so terrible on everybody. Precisely. But, but I think when I hear folks in the media or when I hear you know, some of the folks downtown say our only option is a property tax increase, that's totally unacceptable to me as a socialist, as someone that sees the pain that our families are facing in our communities. But a commercial lease tax is another property tax on those offices downtown. And they have the ability to pay. And Chicago right now is leading the so nation. So you would in hit them twice. You would hit them with a property tax increase that's a lesser amount as a piece of the puzzle. And then you'd hit them again with the lease tax. Yeah, and, and I think, look, I think hit is one way to, to say it. Our working families have been hit time after time after time. And so I think maybe it is time for, you know, the big corporations downtown to get hit a little bit too. They have the means to pay it. Chicago is leading the nation in terms of corporate relocations. A lot of it actually has to do with climate change. Actuarial scientists that advise Fortune 500 companies, they say, look, if you're looking for a long-term investment, Chicago is a great place to do that because a lot of the calamities that scientists foresee down the road aren't going to hit Chicago the same way they're going to potentially hit New York, California, or Florida. So, um, you know, Chicago is a place that is seeing a tremendous amount of investment right now. And I think it's time that we begin to make sure that, you know, we have a city hall that is working for the many and asking those that have gotten so much from the city via TIF, that have gotten so much from the city via tax cuts, like the end of the corporate head tax, that they now pay into our system as well. So would you do all four of these things? That's probably what it's going to take. Yeah, I think the head tax, the lease tax, the property tax, the TIFs. Yeah. And I think would you do them all? What I would all say, five? what I would say is let's exhaust um, the commercial lease tax and let's see what we have the political will to pass there. Let's exhaust the corporate head tax and see what the political will is to pass there. Let's exhaust TIF surplus. Right. And, and make sure that we're returning as much money as possible from the TIFs to the city's budget. And then let's see what type of property tax increase is necessary. My hope would be that we either are able to forego a property tax increase altogether or that not we're possible. able to minimize the amount of pain that it's going to cause in our communities. The head tax is not big money. It never was. It really depends how you structure it. And again, what I, would you do? How would so you the do way it? that we've proposed it is that a business that has 50 employees in the city of Chicago would be subject to the tax. Average small business has less than 16 employees in the United States. So your mom and pop store in your neighborhood, they're going to be exempt from this tax more than likely. But what level? Because it was at $4. So the average, so business with 50 or more employees, with 50 employees, would pay an additional 20000 per year. If you structure a corporate head tax in that way. Wait, $4 a month is what it was per employee. So the most recent proposal that we put in with the Chicago Teachers Union support, that corporate head tax called for a business with 50 folks to pay an additional 20000 per year. Per employee. In taxes, in total. 
Okay. In total. So if you think about it that way, right? What is the per employee head tax that you are proposing per so month? So let's, let's do the math then. Per month. Yeah. What, are you, what are you proposing? Because it was at $4 an employee. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Are you I'm gonna have proposing to, bust out. to go higher? <laughs> I'm going to have to bust that paper than right that? now. No, so what I'm proposing is the original uh, proposal that we just recently put in, right? Which is. Where did you put it in? We introduced it to the last city council. So the last okay. term was introduced. Oh, the last term. So, yeah. So what that said was if you have 50 employees, you're going to pay 20000 more per year total as a business in taxes. And the estimated amount that that would bring in was approximately $100 million. Okay, so you're doubling, basically doubling the level of what the tax used to be. Yes. Okay. All right. And what cuts are you proposing? There have to be spending cuts. The question is, one of the things that I did during my first term um, is I put forward an ordinance that said that any property tax increase prior to moving forward on that as a city we would have to cut everyone's salary in the city of Chicago that makes in excess of $100 million per year. And that there would have to 100,000. Be... Yeah, that's right. Thank you. More than 100... <laughs> I would love it. Uh, we'd More... really be in yeah. trouble then. <laughs> More than $100,000 per year. You um, would cut everybody's salary who makes more. Across the board by 10%. By 10%. Yeah. Okay. Um, and at the time, we estimated that that would save about $100 million. Um, so that's one of the things that I think you know we should look at. Um, but in reality, if you look at city services in this moment, it's very difficult to assess what could you actually cut um, without detrimentally harming our communities um, in a very big way. So um, again, I am really interested in seeing if we structure commercial lease tax, if we structure corporate head tax, if we structure TIF surplus, where does that get us? How much is then needed in property taxes? Um, and what then do we need to cut? Um, but it's very difficult to find things um, to cut when it comes to city services because I already hear from my constituents day in, day out. It takes way too long to fix an alley light. It takes way too long to fill a pothole. Across the city, people are seeing a degradation of city services. Um, and that part of that is because of the massive cut that Mayor Rahm Emanuel did when he moved from a ward system to the grid system. There was a corresponding, I believe it was $50 million cut in city services um, when the city transitioned from a ward system to a grid-based system. Um, and we're still feeling that impact today. So the only cut you're proposing is the cut of 10% in people who are earning more than $100,000 a year. Yes. And how many employees are those? Oh, you know, when I I introduced this my first year in 2015, a lot of my colleagues got very angry at me. Um, I will send you that information, but it's it's quite a number of people in the city of Chicago that are earning more than, uh, you know, $100,000. So you mentioned city services. Mayor Lightfoot has a specific proposal now to strip aldermen of their authority over matters large and small their final say. Um, And what do you make of this? She's getting a lot of pushback. Taking stuff away from aldermen, tree trimming, tree removal, uh, uh, sign permits, uh, special event permits, divvy station locations, things. What does all this have to do with corruption? Is she going to get her way on this? And should she? So the mayor's executive order directed city departments to assess all the instances when aldermen reach out to their office, to assess what the existing process is in uh, reviewing that request, and then to come up with a procedure uh, that required something in writing, but that also asserted the mayor 
and her department's ability to deny that request. And so really what Mayor Lightfoot has done here is underline the fact that when it comes to making requests of the executive, it is the executive's prerogative as to whether or not that request will be acted upon. And so in many ways, you know, as someone who spent their four years uh, in opposition to Mayor Rahm Emanuel, um, I was always aware that the requests that I was making of the executive were at the mayor's prerogative. Um, some of my colleagues uh, that, you know, were very used to reaching out to the mayor's office on, you know, many different things in their ward and getting their way are now shocked to find out that in reality, all along, the mayor could say no. I think that what- You seem to not have a problem with this. You know, so the, the executive order and one of the things that we learned yesterday at the briefing was that certain processes that previously required an aldermanic letter of support in order to move forward will now require aldermanic input in order to yeah. move forward. And so to me, you, you don't know, have the authority. No, it's, it. it's not that we don't have the authority. It's that I recognize that at the end of the day, it was always up to the mayor's office to decide whether or not they were going to follow that aldermanic letter of support. And I think that previous mayors had a compact with aldermen. You give me all of your votes on citywide issues, and I will give you tremendous power and control over the minutia in your ward, mm -hmm. right? And I will give you tremendous power to direct departments to do things in your ward. And I think what Mayor Lightfoot is now saying is it's not going to be that way anymore. I was always aware that it wasn't that way, right? <laughs> because Is that a trade-off you're willing to make? I have always believed that the city council should be a legislative body. Um, where we come together, ask the hard questions of the proposals that the mayor is putting forward, uh, really debate and seriously deliberate upon the proposals that we are putting forward together collectively as a body. Um, and so ultimately, I, I think that this is a step in the right direction. I really think that it's a minimal change. Um, the question is, is what compact will Mayor Lightfoot then look to make with the city council in order to have a governing majority? Uh, because again, I think the compact that existed under previous mayors obviously wasn't working. I think in some ways, you know, Mayor It worked for him. He won every city council vote. Mayor Rahm Emanuel, I think, turned a blind eye to the things that certain aldermen were doing in the Chicago City Council right. because it wasn't impacting him in a citywide way. Well, it and was like, it, don't mess with me, I won't mess with you, and I'll get what I want, and you won't be a disruptive force like Burke could have been. Right. And, and I think that Mayor Lightfoot is now seeking to rein that in um, the question then is, what compact will she have? Will she with have Alderman? the votes for the stuff, the hard stuff? And I've been clear from day one. I told Mayor Ron Manuel and I've told Mayor Lori Lightfoot, put forward progressive legislation. I'm your first vote. So that's really the compact that I'm looking to have with the mayor and with my colleagues is one that's principled and that's one that's based upon shared values and shared policy goals. You were senior class president at Whitney <laughs> Young was, High yeah, School you at one research. point. Will you ever run for Alderman? I'm sorry, what? Um, will, will I ever, you run, ever for run for mayor, rather? Oh, I don't know what tomorrow brings. You know, it's day <laughs> by day. But it seems like you've been on this path forever. <laughs> you know, I, I love the city of Chicago. Um, I'm a Chicago boy. I mean, but you're a political animal. I think being a Chicagoan is being a political animal. Yeah. Uh, you know, for us, this is really um, our uh, sport. This is our, uh, you know. We'll play ball. <laughs> Thank you for joining you. us, Carlos. And we'll see you all next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. 
They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.